Hello, I'm Hannah Kaplan, and this is the WCS Wild Audio Podcast, where you'll find reported audio stories covering the latest news and newsmakers from the Wildlife Conservation Society's Global Conservation Program, Zoos and Aquarium, and their many partners. We've got a great show today, so let's get to it. At a time when 80% of the world's forests have been degraded for agriculture and other human activities, a new approach is taking shape in Cambodia's northern plains. There, an initiative to support sustainable rice production is reducing deforestation and helping to protect endangered bird species like the giant and white-shouldered ibis. The WCS-managed Ibis Rice product links jasmine rice farmers to international consumer markets to achieve environmental protection and fair trade prices to local communities. Hannah Kaplan has this report. Yeah, really unique landscape, very human-influenced uh, landscape, large populations of people, uh, uh, local people, indigenous communities living in and around the wildlife sanctuaries that we work in. So therefore, any approach that you have to conservation in Cambodia has to be a community-first approach. CEO of Ibis Rice, Nick Spencer, teamed up with Gao Suchiet, Chief Director of Samson Lapre, for a pilot project in 2009. In these communities, there were farmers growing really incredible quality jasmine rice um, in a pristine environment but limited access to market. Now working with 2,000 farmers, who in turn help protect more than 500,000 hectares of intact forests, the team recognized the need for a net positive approach to farming that didn't rely on pesticides or slash and burn methods. I think what net positive about is taking production approaches that actually improve outcomes for people and for nature. There's a uniquely intimate link between the, the rice ecosystem the community and and particularly the giant ibis and and the organic wildlife friendly farming model really cements that into a a positive relationship. Suchiet works closely with the community to reimagine land use. Our approach is we provide more intensive, the same land that farmer own, not expand the land, but at the same time we try to reduce the emission from uh, rice production. In order for Ibis rice farmers to have access to USDA and EU-certified organic crops with premiums of up to 70% above market price, they must comply with a zero-poaching, logging, and unplanned deforestation commitment, monitored through tools like satellite imagery and community-led patrols. Looking ahead, the team is considering how to support farmers against the impending impacts of climate change. We're piloting a crop insurance scheme this year to mitigate the worst risks Suchit says that this conservation means that farms have access to non-timber resources from forests, like honey and mushrooms. Ecotourism from increased wildlife is another secondary benefit. Before farmers, they just depend on hunting. They don't know about what's the protected area law. And uh, they are farming, they do slugs and burn agriculture. When they involve with the project, they benefit and they have the money to invest on equipment increase their uh, uh, labor uh, productivity as well. In a video from an Ibis rice-supported community, a farmer of more than 50 years walks through fields of waist-high rice stalks. He says he's already seen major improvements thanks to the scheme. I can see that this is changing our path, as the wildlife and forest are being protected, and more members of the community are no longer using chemicals when farming. And the environmental benefits are obvious. WCS has recorded stable numbers of the critically endangered white-shouldered ibis and giant ibis around these sites. 
The annual average of 20 successful giant ibis nests here is an impressive and vital success considering the global population is estimated at less than 200 individuals. Elsewhere in the country, this critically endangered species is a victim of deforestation and hunting. The successful nests are really right around these communities. So what you can see is, you know, these communities have become protectors rather than risks to these species. And I think that serves as a real hope for the uh, wider ecosystem going forward. Suchiat feels that the blueprint for sustainable agriculture in the region is critical for showing the government and communities what benefits this approach can bring. Government play a really important role of the uh, deforestation and uh, protect the forest. So if we uh, make it more visible picture, so uh, to prove that this work and it's sustained and the benefit to community and also the national economic, we, we don't have the resource to employ a thousand uh, ranger to patrol the forest. But the community themselves, they need to understand the benefit and the importance of the forest. So if the local community is, is, is weak, they cannot protect their forest. Nick and Suchiat have big plans for the future of Ibis rice here. Currently, we're working with 2,000 farming households. Um, within eight years, we want to be working with 5,000. Uh, we work across eight wildlife sanctuaries at the moment. We're setting up uh, legally recognized producer groups and really making investments into those producer groups. You know, right now where farmers are learning new skills and, and increasing their productivity, maybe some of the kids in those villages will be leading the project in years to come and running the company. Nick feels that Cambodia is in a unique position to pave the way for a new form of sustainable agriculture. So in many ways, Cambodia is ahead of developed countries uh, in the amount of natural habitat it still has and the way it's engaging smallholder farmers for sustainable outcomes. It has not industrialized or intensified its, its farming in ways other countries have yet, which means it's in a unique position to provide really healthy, incredibly tasty, uh, environmentally friendly uh, agricultural products to the rest of the world. As Abbas Rice prepares to launch in the UK, it is evident that there's a real global demand for these types of products that produce equitable, environmentally friendly, and community-empowering food to consumers. For WCS Wild Audio, I'm Hannah Kaplan. Today's episode was produced and reported by Hannah Kaplan with help from Dan Rosen and Nat Moss. The WCS Wild Audio podcast is a production of the Wildlife Conservation Society. Please join us next week for a new episode, and don't forget to follow, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts.